Welcome to Noir, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary people of North Omaha. Our goal is to inspire and uplift the Black community by sharing stories of individuals who have made a positive impact. Join us as we connect, support, and encourage one another through powerful conversations and uplifting messages. Okay. Welcome to Noir, the podcast. Noir stands for North Omaha is really extraordinary. And the purpose of this podcast is to connect, support, and encourage Black people in and from North Omaha with stories of individuals who inspire us. Why? Because we need it. Here, here. <laughs> so I am your host, Dr. Nichelle Horton-Brown. I'm the co-host, Jade Rogers. And we have with us today, give me an adjective, Jade. Lively. Okay. Spunky. I don't know. Does that fit? Hi, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Leslie Smith from the Omaha Land Bank. Yay. We are happy to have you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We have been really anticipating this this conversation. So what we do, Leslie, is we start with who you are, who you people are, where you're from. Where's your hood? Mm, my hood is more expansive than just one place. Every time I'm meeting people and I'm building relationships with people, they become a part of my journey. My journey started in Clinton, Mississippi. I grew up small area Bolton and went to school in Clinton, then went to school in Oxford and then left Mississippi to go live in Memphis for the last 10 years. Memphis was very good to me. I like to say Mississippi raised, Memphis groomed, and here I am now in Omaha. So all three are part of my life. And I guess not really appropriate, but I guess they would all three be my hood. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I love it. What brought you to Omaha? I think it was a call for me to live within my purpose. I love working on initiatives that allow me to allow my talents to be able to push the needle forward in closing the racial wealth gap. There's community development and just the way of making sure that our people mm-hmm. are at the table and they know how to access that wealth and just making sure that when we have complex models that gives us an opportunity but aren't necessarily a ta- or available to us, that land banking space is really complicated. Mm-hmm. And so growing up with a degree in journalism, being able to take high complex materials and being able to break it down so that the average person or the lay person can understand what's happening enough to empower them to act on that information. That really became my knack, my 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 judge and being able to understand that complex materials like what we are doing at the land bank has been something that has been a part of just my inner passion. When I managed the land bank in Memphis, it was something that was really good. I took a break for a year or two and worked in mortgage financing. And I did that for a minute. It was um, some strategic development mm-hmm. for the banking, um, how to get 
inclusive lending happening throughout the country mm-hmm. or their digital footprint, which expanded throughout the country. I felt like I was too far removed from working with community. There's something rewarding with being able to see the faces of the people that you're working with and being able to see the impact that's being done. And I miss seeing that working in land bank. And so the time came where things lined up and it came back to me and I felt like it was a a call to me to live in my purpose and work in my purpose again. So that's why I'm here. I love that. I love that. So again, the purpose of this podcast is to connect and inspire people in and from North Omaha. And I went to a meeting of the land bank once and it actually became quite heated because there were a couple of people who had purchased lots from the land bank or were maybe they were interested in purchasing and it didn't it didn't go the way that they anticipated that it would. It was a very complicated process for them. So can you explain to our listeners what the land bank is, what you do and how the people of North Omaha can access the land that's available. Um, just point of clarification, did you go to a land bank hosted event? And was this happening during the time where I was here? It was not when you were here. Uh, I actually, so full disclosure, uh-huh. Leslie. Yeah. I was actually one of the ambassadors for the land bank. Really? Yes, because I've always been interested in real estate and land in North Omaha in particular. I don't think that I am necessarily difficult to teach but honestly I went through that program and I cannot tell you how to access anything I don't know oh my gosh (laughs) and yes it was before your time so break it down for me an ambassador one thing that I, I I mentioned earlier about something that I find to be my passion and being able to take complex material and break it down so that, you know, anyone could hear. Jay doesn't know this, but when I was a kid, I used to make computer learning games on PowerPoint for my sister when she was transitioning from preschool and kindergarten to the next grade. And it was really helpful and it kind of didn't, it, it didn't go away. And so from making computer games to doing software, just back office software on my computer to make up for not having a property database in Memphis. It just never went away. And so I would like to make sure that we are recircling back to our previous ambassadors because that's not what we want. We want someone to go through our ambassador program and to be able to be confident in understanding what our process is. And so I invite you to kind of give us a chance again to reintroduce that. So you asked what is the land bank Mm -hmm. and what does it do and Mm -hmm. how can people access? Now, those are three very different questions and I'm going to do my best to answer them all. So a land bank is a governmental or a public entity that is in place to be able to address the occurrence of vacant properties and be able to absorb the risk that the natural market won't go after put investments into those properties so that they're able to remove those barriers to development and encourage those properties being put back onto the tax roll into productive use. And it's most basic function. The land banks exist to stimulate the economy 
where it just does not make sense naturally. Okay. When you think about what other cities or neighborhoods that have more prospering amenities and nicer investments that are going into that community, you're like, well, what, what about my community? Why can't we have those investments in my community? This is what that start looks like. We have to stabilize the property values by making sure that we're moving the occurrence of vacant properties within that neighborhood. When it comes to how the land bank functions, we work not only just to make the the, the quick turnover, the turnkey mm-hmm. turnover for a vacant property that's now been to productive use, but we also have been empowered through the Nebraska Land Bank Act to make sure that we are doing the highest community missional use to what that property is to become and making sure that we're making the highest productive use of that property. I'm not sure um, how much it is kind of shared around, but there um, was a couple of a developer trend reports that kind of really showed that if you continue to build as we have been doing for quite some time, within the next 20 to 40 years, we're going to end up being landlocked. And so there needs to be more emphasis on how we're being responsible and how we are developing our properties that are now vacant lots, because eventually we will have a very different issue on our hands. Sure. So when it comes to how we are working to make sure that we as a land bank are making decisions on applications, we're looking for a couple of things. We're looking to see, do you have a plan Mm -hmm. for this property or do you have an idea? Mm -hmm. And you put that up against, does the idea stimulate the local economy? Does this idea put investment back into the community? Is it going to generate tax revenue that's going to be able to put that money back into the schools? Mm -hmm. That are some of the things that we have to make sense of. We also have to make sense about the viability of what that proposed use is. Now, a lot of people may not be aware of the different development or different ways to activate a vacant property, But there are certain things that we as the land bank have to be aware of whenever we're making these decisions because there could be unintended consequences. To illustrate, if we are taking consideration of the Superfund site that Omaha has, Mm -hmm. there are several areas of North Omaha that experience a high concentration of lead contamination more than others. Right. There's also more larger development that is happening to reevaluate what the safe levels of what that lead contamination looks like compared to what it was approved to be cleaned up for. And it needs to be done again mm-hmm. at a much more intense cleanup effort. So when someone is looking to put a rooted vegetable or something that's going to put produce where it digs down into that heavy contaminated area, we have that responsibility to make sure that we're not supporting proposed use that's going to continue to poison the community. Sure. When we're taking a look at properties that are being sold, we also have to make sure that we only have some amount of buildable lots that we're having to sell and that we're going to have in the near future available to us. Mm -hmm. And so When we have a property that is going to be a garden lot, that someone's looking to do a garden lot, but they've never visited the property, they are proposing to make sure that, you know, there's a connection for children that aren't in a school nearby this property. They're just going to be busing children to come in between two houses where, what if those residents right beside that proposed vacant property doesn't want a garden next to their property? And then how long are they going to maintain that garden? Sure. Those are things that we can't 
measure. We can't know the future. And so we have to be very upfront. And the best way that we can do that is if you're putting together a detailed proposed plan, we're also making sure that you have the financial feasibility and capabilities to be able to execute on delivering this plan. So again, separating the idea and dream from an actual plan and goals. So at that meeting that I was at, that was one of the the real sticking points for people, be, especially this this particular person who had uh, was interested in purchasing a lot, and they needed a plan. But it sounded like, and this was a couple of years ago, Leslie. So my mm-hmm. memory might not be great, but it sounded like they needed a full plan, like they needed not just a, a drawing or a business plan or an, an idea like you're saying, but they needed to have a contractor and a. they had to already have spent money before they purchased the lot even or before they were even told that they could purchase the lot. And they were like, why would I spend money and I don't even have this lot already? So there has been some changes. It looks like there might have been some listening that was done on the land bank side of things and some changes. And I can't necessarily say that it's for better or for worse. Okay. But one of the things that I will share is that the land bank listens to everything for better and for worse. Right. And just like any other business, in order to be successful, we have to continue to reevaluate our offerings, our services, our policies, our products, and be amenable to pivot where it's needed, where it makes sense. And so next year we will be redoing, taking a look at our policies from how we acquire, maintain, and sell properties and be looking to work with the community to make sure that we're getting input, to make sure that when we are selling properties, are we having the the community? What does that look like in terms of what's that best use? What's the missional, highest missional use for that community? Sure. What does the community, what would they like to see us go after? And what are some ideal kind of plans that they would like to see from the properties that are coming from the land bank? Do you want to see more housing that's affordable or rental versus home ownership? Those are some things that we're going to be looking to kind of see uh, moving forward. But going back to your point, I just want to point a clarification for you and those that are listening and may be curious when it comes to now, because I can't speak on what it was before. Right, right, right. Now, if you are looking to submit an application, Mm -hmm. you are applying your interest to purchase this property. We have launched a successful buyer series where we're going step by step and telling you what each question, what we're looking for. Nice. We're telling you what the board is looking at with that evaluation process, what happens once you close, if your board approved your applications with that purchase sales contract period, which we like to call our due diligence period, what that looks like. And I'll talk about that later. And then once we close on that property, there's still some, you're you're still having to deal with us. We're not going to let your hand go until you actually complete and do what you said you're going to do. Now that's an extensive process. Mm -hmm. So from the point of like six weeks between your application to if you get approved all the way down from 90 days and two additional years on top of that, you're going to have to deal with us Mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that not only you have an idea 
that has some goals, but you implement. And a lot of times what we've been finding out is if you don't have a good idea or a good solid plan, you end up failing. Right. And now we have to look at potentially taking it back. And now we have to be able to go back into that community and tell them we trusted them to do what they said. That We took a chance on them and they could not do it. And it cost them more money to fail. And so we need to make sure that we are doing enough vetting on the front end. And that may look like not having enough access to some people, but at least you're not going to have that financial trouble on the back end because you're trying to make it work and it just doesn't make sense. Sure. So when we have right now in our application process, you have $25 application fee and that allows us to process that application. There is nothing that is asked for you to expense. However, if you don't have any development experience, mm-hmm. Your voluntary experience with Habitat for Humanity would not make a strong case for us to trust how you're going to develop this property by yourself with $20,000 and you want to do a four bedroom house. It's just it's just not feasible. It's just not going to happen. Um, And yeah, that person may not be as successful. Now, when you are pitching to us that you have no experience it would be in your best interest to have a team of people that is going to work with you to make sure that's going to happen. That is going to make up for your lack of experience. That would be strategic. I'm not really sure if you have to pay up front to identify, oh, if I get ready to build a four bedroom house, I'm going to have this architect. I'm going to have this builder. I'm going to use Omaha by design for some of the base plans and That is a solid plan. That is what we're looking for. We're looking for who is your team? What's that building experience? If we approve you, you have 90 days to close. In that time period, you have to identify your funding, how you're going to finance the acquisition of that property, Mm -hmm. as well as how you're going to finance the development of that property. And You don't have to have cash in hand. We're going to work with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's another change that we've made. You just have to show us proof of financing. Okay. We will accept pre-approval letter, letter of commitment, HELOC, line of credit, LIHTC, application with a conditional reserve. We just need to be able to show that we can trust you to Mm -hmm. develop this property. We also will, depending on the type of development, we also will need a building permit. And we get notified when you submit your applications. We also get notified when the applications are approved. So if You can't really get away by just blaming the building permit takes a long time. Because you know. Because we know when your application is submitted. Now, a lot of times what happens is there are some contingencies where there's some like modifications and waivers in the building permit process that needs to take place. And it's maybe you need to get your some changes to your, your, your plans. At that point in time, it may cost you some money, but this is something that the city is going to require you in order for you to develop on that property. We're not necessarily looking for you to give that money to us. We just want to know that you can actually build a house on this small sized lot. Sure. Because I know there are a lot of people who are interested in, in the development of our community and don't know all the ins and outs. So thank you for explaining that. That's awesome. What is a dream that you have for some of this land that is available in these vacant spaces? I have a goal and a dream. So from a land bank, 
a lot of people are maybe not aware that when we get properties from the tax foreclosure process, we're able to remove some of the public liens, get a new clean slate that would otherwise make it harder for you to get that land finance for development. So by just default, getting a property from the land bank, you're getting that legal barrier removed. We are in the process of doing a couple of um, stakeholder outreach and community engagement meetings where we are looking to do a pilot that would allow us to make a couple of our inventory properties shovel ready, which in this case, we are removing the physical barriers to development, which going back to that earlier piece where I talked to you about how hard it is to enter this industry, this market of development, now you don't have to worry about such high and steep pre-development cost before right. you even get a loan to develop on this property. So the goal and dream um, is to take that effort and apply it to all of our properties moving forward. If we could remove the physical and legal barriers to all of our properties, we are able to better, I think, work with emerging developers, especially people that are from the land bank communities. Mm -hmm. to actually develop these properties. And I would love to see more people develop these properties for housing to address the affordable housing needs mm -hmm. that we have. And it could be affordable housing and housing that is affordable. You charging someone in your community to live in this is going to be completely different than someone from California charging you to rent. And not to say all out-of-state investors are bad, but just if I know you and I know that you're right. going to take care of my house, I'm not going to make it so hard for you to live every day. Right. I would love to see more of that. How did you get into this space? Because you said your degree is in journalism. How did you get to land? I'm a rebel. <laughs> okay. Hotty dotty. Uh, <laughs> I'm a rebel. I, you know, I love getting my hands dirty. I grew up in a very male-dominated household where, like, if I tried to mow the grass, women aren't supposed to do that. If I tried to, like, do construction, women aren't supposed to do that. I defeated the odds in the household, and I noticed the more that I moved out into this industry, there's less and less people that look like me mm -hmm. and think like me. And the issues that you were seeing is their decisions and things that are happening around you. And if you're not careful, will happen without you. That's right. And so by inserting myself in those places and handling those dirty problems that no one else wants to do, I can make sure that I sleep well at night to know that at least I've done everything I could do to make that table better for someone else to sit at. We need you. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Check on me in the wintertime. I'm yeah, a Southern for guy. sure. Right. Right. <laughs> so what, what's, your, what's your impression so far of Omaha? I feel like every city feels like they've got the worst potholes. <laughs> but Omaha really has the worst potholes? I would say no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, I could tell you I have run flat tires and I've had to buy tires every other month in the <laughs> In other cities, uh, I don't want to jinx myself, but uh, that has not been the case this year. Well, that's good. Uh, so it's it's not that bad, and and I, you know I think 
if you're if you don't get out and you don't know what's out there, of course, sometimes uh, you're gonna see things from a biased perspective. I think Omaha has is a gem. I think it has a lot of assets and a lot of opportunity. I think in parts of Omaha, I think obviously there's room to grow and improve, but th- you've got the seed that's there. I can tell that we are on the cusp of seeing a lot of like growth that's happening, not just in any one part of the community. It's happening in multiple parts of the communities and just making sure that the resources are accessible to them and making sure that they are aware of what other people are doing, I think is it's just going to be a great recipe for prosperity for all. So I think uh, there's a lot of foods. I'm I'm so mad. I haven't found anybody from Omaha that understands what pepper sauce is. It makes it really hard to eat greens. Because you don't have any pepper sauce. Because I, they don't make pepper sauce and everyone tries to give me Tabasco sauce and hot sauce. And I'm just like, that's not the same oh, thing. Can you make big. your own? I mean, I would need to grow peppers, but it's, it's I used to go to Kroger's and buy crawfish and buy pepper sauce. And that just doesn't exist here. Oh, you you can get some pepper sauce made. I know a couple people. Yeah. Like not hot sauce. No, pepper no. sauce. Like pepper sauce. Okay. pepper sauce. I thought Nebraskans just didn't eat collard greens or pepper sauce. <laughs> my, my father was from Arkansas. We had pepper sauce in the cabinet. It was his, though. Right. No, I I love it. I feel like there's things to do no matter what part of Omaha I'm in. I think there's culture downtowns. So it's just really cool. It's very auto centric, but just, you know, there's a span of things that you can do. And and that's a plus. That's an advantage. So I'd I'd give Omaha a good thumbs up. Just check on me in the (laughs) wintertime. We will check on you (laughs) in the wintertime. Okay, so we've talked business now, and I'm going to turn it over to Jade because I hear you're a big nerd, and she's like the queen nerd. So take it. So what do you do (laughs) in this space of conquering the land and the barriers Yes, where you are dealing with people that have trauma Mm -hmm. and you're dealing with others that are creating trauma situations and then you go home at night what do you do for joy um (laughs) i should have known this was a question (laughs) okay so i don't have any pets or kids but um in my spare time i think i am addicted to strategy and puzzles. Um, so I either do some artwork. Ooh. I do color pencil artwork. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's, it's nothing that I would, you know, like be wanting to share on a public platform. It's just something I do. I like to do realistic drawings and I play video games. <laughs> video games. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I think that might land me the biggest nerd term. <laughs> um, it's it's really hard. I, I try to make at this point. I find myself trying not to beat a game in a week or three days. <laughs> I um, was just telling some of the people here that 
I'm excited because Hogwarts Legacy comes out today and then the Super Mario RPG comes out Friday. (laughs) So (laughs) might just a little lot, um, but I love tech. I love legal cases. And so if I get bored with playing video games, I just, you know, surf interesting facts on, you know, space, tech, medical stuff, whatever is piques my interest at that time. I just love learning. I love that. Does that speak to the nerd question? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Well, my fellow nerds, um, I I would love to know where y'all hang out, what y'all do, because I am also looking for a community. And and Jade has been clutch in in getting me acclimated, you know? Nice. I, I, I need some more outlets because I am probably at home alone too many times playing video games. <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm at home playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the dream is for the house to have a house at some point somewhere so that we can build that community on a more consistent basis. And not just big events, but, you know, on a Tuesday night. Yes. So it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We've got plenty of land for you. Hey. (laughs) 300 plus (laughs) to choose from. (laughs) She's got land for you, Jade. No, I just need somebody listening to give some money. And you said it out loud. So somebody listening, it's coming. Yeah, that's what we need. But I'm so glad that you are, are there. And as the executive director of the Omaha Land Bank, I feel like in the short time that you have been here, I had a better understanding of what the land bank was than all the years before you got there. Agreed. You are making the land bank visible where I don't think it was in the past. And that's awesome, Leslie. We thank you. Happy to do it. I just got to make sure that uh, we are all at the table. And so I'm, I'm really glad to see that you guys are seeing um, those long days in the office and nights uh, paying off. Yes, I'm oh. here for it. Invite me to your events and community events. We are building out our schedule for next year. If there is an um, event or if there's a, a need for an organization to have us come out and talk, we're happy to present to that meeting. You know, it's we're a small team. Oh, mm-hmm. I think it would be appropriate to announce this, right? Sure. <laughs> They're probably going to kill Is this breaking news? Uh, got breaking news? As of yesterday, yes. Um, we are hiring for two new positions. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> what are they? Um, one is an executive assistant position and the other, and I'm really happy about this as well, um, a community affairs manager position. We heard you guys and hearing you now, um, that work is not sustainable that we've been doing within these last eight months mm-hmm. until we build out of capacity. And so having a, having some additional team capacity to make sure that we're able to meet that demand and continue the, the work and making sure that we're accessible and people know how to access the land bank is really key. And so we're looking for people that are really energized and passionate, similarly as myself and the board. 
they weren't wanting to join a team. We are a small, mighty team of five right now. Um, we would like to make that six before January. And so if you or anyone that's listening that knows someone that would be a really uh, good fit, you don't have to know Land Bank 100%, but mm-hmm. you just have to be willing to learn. We're looking for people that can help us be uh, meet people where they are and make sure that they're able to participate and and access yeah. the Land Bank. That's That would be awesome. Awesome. So just go um, to your website. Yes, I will make sure that it'll be accessible on our website to apply and it should be posted on our social media websites. It's definitely on Mm indeed.com to find out more information. The salary range is also listed on there as well. So um, transparency. Okay, (laughs) nice. Leslie, you've only been here eight months. But we try to end every conversation by asking our guests, who does North Omaha and beyond need to know about? So just off the top, not an extensive list, but one or two or three people that you can think of. Who do I know that you possibly don't? (laughs) That's what comes to mind. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Who have you met that you're like, wow, that person's really impressive, extraordinary. Terry Crawford okay. is really good. Um, she's in that divisible documentary. She is. Um, she is. I call her TT Terry. <laughs> she is amazing. She's a walking history book. She's also very passionate about this work. I think she has a story to be told. Uh-huh. Um, and I think she, similar to me, also is driven and lives in our purpose. And so I think she would be an excellent person to have on the, on the okay. um, show. Awesome. Thank you, Leslie. You're very welcome. Thank you both for having me. (laughs) Of course. It was our pleasure. Happy holidays. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Noir, the podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary people of North Omaha. We hope you've been inspired by today's episode and encourage you to share your own stories with us. You can reach us at Noir, that's N-O-I-R-E, the podcast, at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram. Until next time, stay extraordinary.